This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. And thank you so much for joining us. I am glad that you've joined us once again as we continue to journey through the compendium of the social doctrine of the church, a document that the Pontifical Council of the Catholic Church has put together uh, for our benefit. And even though it's put together by a council of the Catholic Church, the the document is really universal in its appeal. And of course, remind people who are either Catholic or non-Catholic that the word Catholic actually has a universal uh, meaning to it. It's not trying especially in the beginning the word catholic wasn't trying to designate a specific group of people but rather uh, um, realizing the universality of god's love and reach uh, to all people and so uh, today as we continue our journey in chapter three which i've realized in my research is actually going to require three episodes this being episode two because there's just too much impact uh, unpack in, in a 20 to 25 minute session. So today we are in, in part two of chapter three. And today uh, we're looking at what the council approaches as the many aspects of the human person. I would put this as a top uh, priority in terms of understanding uh, how to approach social justice and build a just society is understanding even uh, what all makes up a human person. We've kind of been unpacking this, but they really get get to the point uh, in this section of chapter three in the compendium. Now, I want to start off today with a short statement, and that is humanity is complicated. Humanity is complicated. Now, Many men and women listening may readily agree saying, yeah, you should meet my spouse. (laughs) Well, yeah, the reason why your spouse is complicated is because all humans are complicated. God did not create the human person to be a mono uh, uh, being, meaning a once dimensional being rather the human person is a layer of has so many layers and so many perspectives about what their makeup is, but it is tempting in this time to, uh, that we live in to subjugate humans to a single aspect, such as that person is employee. Like if you own a company or a, or are a supervisor, uh, at a business, it's, easy to default and think of the people under you as as an employee and only see them as such or we may think of people as that's my spouse or that's my father that's my daughter whatever but as we will see today there are countless aspects that makes up the human person 
Uh, I, I am a case manager uh, in a housing program for homeless individuals and families. And, you know, one of the things I do is wrap around service, meaning we look at the whole human person and see how do we strengthen the entire person, which kind of gets complicated after a while because uh, the makeup of a human being is very deep and layered. And so if we're going to truly achieve true justice and build a, a good society, uh, that has to be taken into account. Uh, and in order to achieve that, we have to respect the entirety of the human person. Now, just as we've subjugated people to certain titles, such as employee, spouse, etc., so we've subjugated social justice to that same uh, one-dimensional approach to people. So we, we've got over in this category, racism, and over in this category, homelessness, and over in this category, whatever, class warfare, or whatever injustice you can think of, and we isolate those things, failing to see that there is something uh, very uh, uh, intrinsically multidimensional about the human person. So, for example, with racism, it's not about a, a one-dimensional approach saying, well, if we can just get everybody to love everybody, then we'll have justice. Or if we can get others to respect and accept others because of the color of their skin, we'll have social justice. That's not true. <laughs> because it's not a, a black person we're looking at or a white person or a Hispanic person, whatever that we're looking at. We're looking at a human being creating God's image who is multidimensional in their makeup. And so, to, for example, to achieve justice when it comes to the injustice of racism, I'm sorry to, to break your heart, but a one-dimensional approach just doesn't work. It requires a multidimensional acceptance of each individual made in the image of God. And today, in this chapter, the council begins by speaking against the reductionist principle. principle. And what the reductionist principle does is it isolates one aspect of the person. For example, uh, you see those who work for you only as employees. You don't see them as members of a family or members of society or people with feelings or people with dreams or people with physical, mental, emotional needs. Rather, what you do is you isolate them into one aspect, that being employee. And that's called the reductionist principle. And, but we do have to remember that those around us have emotional needs, physical, mental, spiritual needs. And failing to see this will cause you to fail as an employer and become an abusive employer using that person because you forget the other aspects of that person. So you become abusive and using them only for your own ends as an employer or in other aspects of life. For example, if you buy into the reductionist principle that there's only one aspect of that person, you're going to fail them because you're going to forget all the other needs. For example, if we say, well, that person is a black person, therefore we need to accept them as a black person and stop being racist against them. Well, if, if that's your thought line, then you're going to fail at truly bringing them justice because you're going to forget that this is not a black person, rather it is a human being made in God's image who, who um, uh, uh, has feelings, emotions, has spiritual needs, 
physical, mental, family needs. They're part of a family. They're part of a neighborhood. They're part of a society. And in all of that, there's far more to solving the issues than just don't be racist. And so we have to get away from that. Now, in paragraphs 124 and following, the council discusses some very important points. And I want to, I'm going to be paraphrasing a lot today, but what I want to do is expand on some of their points. Again, I encourage you, if you can, to buy the compendium of the social doctrine of the church, because there's a lot of stuff I, I'm not approaching. I mean, I could spend a year uh, or more unpacking everything in the compendium. In fact, it's taken me four or five times of reading it just to get my mind wrapped around it because it's such a deep uh, uh, and well put together document. But it's going to take us a couple episodes actually to get through these aspects of the human person. But one of the things that the council brings out is that the human person is not a tool to use for the advancement of an agenda. Let me say that again, because especially where I'm coming from in the United States of America, we got to, you know, especially post-industrial revolution, you've, we've got to get a hold of this, is that the human person is not a tool to use for the advancement of an agenda. Okay? Uh, companies use people as tools. Dictators use people's tools. Military use people's tools. You know, military personnel, they see the person as a soldier, a tool to advance a war and a military strategy. Or companies may see uh, employees only as, as uh, tools to advance profit. I mean, I know companies I've worked for, they didn't they could, couldn't care less about what my needs were in life. What mattered them is, am I driving up the profit in my production? Or dictators do that. Dictators will use their, the populations uh, within their uh, influence to advance agendas. And we do it in all areas of life. We use our children to advance our agendas. We use our spouses, our friends, you know, and the people around us, they're not tools. They're not inanimate tools. They are animated beings made in God's image who experience sadness and joy and dreams and, you know, visions and uh, needs for rest. You know, people have a need for rest. They have a need to provide for their families. They have a need for um, uh, being refreshed. They have a need to be spiritually filled. They have a need, mental and emotional needs that need to be met, all kinds of things. And if we're going to be a truly just society, we've got to keep these very important points in mind. Uh, now, one of the things, and we'll talk about it later, but uh, the council has touched on the idea that for there to be true justice in a society, the human person has to be the point of reference. I want to remind you that we, we, we look at the human person. Who is that human person? We build society around that. The human person has to be the point of reference. But for companies or corporations, the goal becomes profit and profit becomes the point of reference from which they work. So the people have to bend around the point of reference of profit rather than the other way around for governments, 
power and winning war becomes the point of reference and citizens have to adjust to that rather than society adjusting to the needs of the citizens. Uh, you know, some examples of people being used as tools. I was sitting, you know, at my desk and I was thinking, what are some of the ways in society that people are being used as tools? And I was thinking, the first thing that came to my mind is the advertising industry. Now, to be honest with you, if you and I were to sit down over a cup of coffee or a beer or something, and you said, Michael, tell me something you would love to get rid of in society. Like if you were president, what would be one of the first things you would eliminate if you had the power to do so? You know what that'd be? <coughs> Excuse me. The advertising industry. I would love to eliminate the advertising industry. No billboards, no commercials, you know. And I know that radio, television, and the people that work for them, you know, they rely on advertising for their funds, but there are other ways to get funding. But the advertising industry is doing you and I no favors whatsoever. Now, I know that companies need to get knowledge of their products out to people, but certainly I think there's, if we were to be creative enough, that there's more humane ways of getting knowledge of your product to people rather than through the commercial and advertising and marketing industry. In the advertising industry's mind, they see people as a subject to move money. They don't see people as beings made in God's image. Rather, they, they don't care how their product harms you, harms the people who create the product or whatever. All they see is you are a mechanism to move money into their pockets. That's all they care about. You see, the point of reference is not the human person. The point of reference is money in their pocket, and they will use you as a tool to make that happen. Uh, companies, again, see people's tools or profits. Militaries see people as a tool to advance government agendas and so on. And again, I want to hit this. We can even see our spouses as a tool to meet our needs. You know, for example, uh, in conjugal love towards our spouse, rather than saying, how do I give myself to my spouse? Rather, how can my spouse meet my needs? Uh, emotionally, physically, or, or, or what be it. And again, going back to companies, you've got layoffs. Now, I know companies hit hard times and it gets hard to pay people, but certainly there can be a more just way at dealing with layoffs because the way companies approach it is when people are no longer useful, then they're laid off and sent into stressful times where they can't figure out how to, to take care of their families. You know, even if they say, man, times are tough right now. Can we do a slight pay cut so you can keep working, but at least you're still making money, you know, whatever it is, you know, we've, we've got to be creative. I think the thing is, oftentimes, the reason why there's so much injustice is because we're, we're lazy. We can get lazy and we lack creativity. So we've got to be very careful uh, and to not get sucked into the stream of modern society, which does not recognize that the creator is paying attention and that the creator has set universal and natural law into place. And so maybe I should park on this for a moment is that God has set into place a natural laws. Our Hindu brothers and sisters speak of karma 
our Christian brothers and sisters talk about generational curses and all those kinds of things. In other words, what they're trying to get at is that God has set into place that what we sow, we reap. So if we treat others like a tool for selfish advancement, then don't be surprised when others start doing the same thing to you, because what you sow, you will reap. And so we got to be very careful to, to, to not, to get into alignment with the creator, see the beauty of the human person. You know, I, I've worked a lot on the street through the years uh, with homeless individuals. And, you know, there's a saying on the street, you want respect, you got to give respect. You want love, you want your needs met, you got to love and meet others' needs. Because that saying, what goes around comes around, is true. God has set it into universal natural law. What you sow, you reap. So if you want to treat people like dirt, and you want to treat people like tools to advance your selfish agenda, then don't be surprised one day when it all comes back to you. So we got to be very careful. So the second thing I want to discuss from the aspects of the human person that's mentioned here today is that the human person is a unity of spirit and body. Again, I'm not talking about all the aspects. I encourage you to read the compendium for yourself to get this just too much to unpack. But I kind of want to isolate some important points just to whet your appetite. But this point that the council brings up is very important, is that the human person is a unity of spirit and body. The human person is different from angels. Now, humans and angels are both spirit beings. The difference being is that the human being uh, inhabits a body. So we're spirit beings, in case you don't realize that if you're so attached to your body that you don't, you know realize that you're a spirit, maybe you need to step back and think again. I mean, how do you think you think all the thoughts and how do you have dreams? How do you think of the future? How do you think of the past? How is it that you're aware of people around you? It isn't because of your eyeballs and your brain. It's because you are a spirit who is beyond the boundaries of the body. And so in this lifetime, you are like the angels, a spirit being. The difference is that you are creating God's image and, and, uh, and for this life, at least you inhabit a body. So the human being is a unity of spirit and body. Therefore, all social justice attempts must recognize that the spirit and body of the person has to be considered in decision-making. So governments need to ask themselves, how does our decision affect the spirits of our citizens? How does it affect their minds? How does it affect their ability to decide and thrive? Does, uh, companies should ask those same questions along with, does our work environment cause people's bodies to break down or does it enhance their bodies? Does it cause mental stress on our employees or does it help them thrive and grow? Uh, homeowners associations, those are becoming more and more popular. HOAs, is your HOA oppressive to the people in the neighborhood within the homeowners association? Is it causing mental stress, the rules and regulations, or is it allowing room for creativity? You know, I know some HOAs that are so oppressive that people 
have to check their creativity at the door with when it comes to designing their yards. Instead, your homeowner association rules and regulations should open up a way for the people in the neighborhood to express their human creativity in the design of their yards and to express the beauty that God has created them uh, to express. Um, you know, but again, ask yourself whether you're, whatever role you're in, how does my decisions, even if it's just the role within your immediate family, how does my uh, decisions affect the people around me? How does it affect their bodies? How does it affect their spirit, their mind? How does it affect their ability to decide and thrive? Does it cause their bodies and minds to break down or does it cause, uh, allow them room to be creative and to thrive? Uh, what immediately came to my mind when I was thinking about this point is postal workers. You know, there's a saying that's entered into modern society. Wow. When somebody gets really, really angry, say, wow, they've gone postal. What does it mean to go postal? Well, a few years ago, it became, seemed to be a more common practice for postal, U.S. postal workers to go in the offices and shoot their coworkers because they were under so much stress. And I was talking to a retired postal worker who had worked there for many years and actually was kind of high up in the U.S. post office. And, and they were telling me that it's really an environment of slavery at the U.S. post office. And there is an extreme amount of mental abuse by higher ups. They would tell me that literally for eight hours a day on their shift, they would be demeaned and yelled at by their higher ups when there was mistakes being made. And so when you go into a post office and you notice the people behind the counter are kind of depressed and sad, it's because they are abused and beaten down by their supervisors and by the higher ups in the U.S. Postal Service. And I'm publicly calling out the U.S. Postal Service to knock it off and start treating your employees with some respect and for the human beings that they are. Eight hours of being demeaned and yelled at. And this is from a very, a person I know very well who's quite respectable in the community. And yet they talked about the beating, the mental beating they would take for literally eight hours sometimes in meetings with higher ups. So we've got to be very careful to understand that the human person is a unity of spirit and body, and we want their spirit and their body to both thrive. Now, in paragraph 134, here in chapter three of the compendium, a very important statement was made, and I, I wrote the statement in my notes because it, it bears repeating the council says that an authentic moralization of society will never be possible unless it starts with people and has people as its point of reference. Now, a moralization of society, that means a society that's brought into a just and creative order where everyone thrives. That's what they mean by that term, moralization. Uh, means a society that's well-ordered and, and where everyone thrives. An authentic moralization of society will never be possible unless it starts with people and has people as its point of reference. That is powerful. I hope that sinks deep into you. It's not about creating a just society and, and you know, social justice movements is not about sitting in an office isolated with a few others trying to figure out policies. 
regarding a certain injustice. Rather, you look at human beings and decide how are we going to create a society that allows the human person to thrive in their creative role in creation. I used to have people working with me in a nonprofit and, you know, they would ask me and when they got into certain situations, you know, they didn't know how to handle, they would say, Hey, Michael, uh, what's the policy in this situation? And I said, well, take a good look at the person in front of you. The person in front of you is the policy. Because that person is unique. They are uniquely created in God's image. So study that person and then figure out how to handle the situation according to their needs and their makeup as a person. There's a lot to uncover here. A lot to unwrap. And I think I've given you enough today to think about. And to put into practice because it's not enough to listen to these podcasts and to get this information and do nothing about it. St. James in the Christian Bible in the New Testament encourages us to not just look at the scriptures and then walk away and forget what we've studied, but rather put it into practice. St. James says it does no good to see somebody going without food and then wish them well and walk away. No, he says, give them food. Don't pray for that person. Actually meet their need. Don't pray that they'll get food to eat. Actually give them food to eat. And it's the same thing with these principles I'm giving you. It's not enough to hear them and learn them and file them in your brain. No, it's, it's necessary to actually live them out. And even if you take one principle you learn from all these podcasts and live it out, you're way ahead of the game. Imagine the times you felt used. Well, just take a moment. Think, imagine, and remember the times you felt used. Do you remember how that felt? Take a moment to remember what you experienced. Every time you use someone as a tool and do not respect their body, their mind, and their spirit, you are causing them injustice by causing them uh, to experience those very negative feelings and experiences that you hate experiencing yourself. Let's start recognizing the many aspects of what makes up a human person as we create a just society right where you are. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.